take three. We tried this three times, but I'm going to do it again. Clearly, we're rusty for yes. not doing this for a while. We had a month off of this Bop to This Music podcast. So, But everyone, welcome to episode five. five. And today, we are going to... Tell us about what we're going to do today, Drew. Uh, it's a little bit of a mixed episode today. So today, we're going to be talking about two album profiles that just recently came out. Big albums some in the gay big, world. Some big albums that we've kind of been anticipating and been talking about on this podcast. And then we're going to talk about two new songs that have come out, and then we're going to do our typical honorable mention. So that's the agenda for today's episode. So, yeah, I get, we apologize. A couple people are like, where's your latest episode? Yeah, people have been demanding it, so... Yeah. In our, in our circle, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's but, been a hiatus for us. We've been on a break. Yeah, we literally had like about a month and a half almost off, which was a little bit nice. Life got busy. A lot of things happening. Yeah, I got a puppy, so that oh, took a lot of yeah. time. I didn't know you life. actually got one. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, life's been busy, I would say. Yeah, but, but we're back at it. Proud to be back. Get back at it. With fall coming up around the corner, we're going to have a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. Summer is wrapping up. So why don't we just go ahead and get started and talking about what's been going on over the last month. Sounds good. Let's do it. I've been on that you can't find my one. It lingers when we're done. You believe God is a woman. I don't want to waste no time, yeah. You ain't got a one-track mind, yeah. Have it any way you like, yeah. And I can tell that you know I know. So that was God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. That is her second single off her latest album, Sweetener, which came out a couple of weeks ago. And that's going to, that's going to be our first album profile, um, Sweetener. So, Mike, what were your initial thoughts when you listened to Sweetener? I was very excited for the album, I'll say, overall. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweetener, um, I mean, Ariana, I would say, has just been such a pop maven as of late, and um, with Dangerous Women, with that one, almost had a slow burn for me, because at first I really didn't care for mm-hmm. the, the uh, first tracks that were shared. Um, but once, like, I actually dived into it. I think I became that's the album I became a fan with, and so of course I'm super excited for this. She's been talking about the album for a long time. Yeah, she said it was done back like what a year and a half ago. She's been making to me little tiny tweaks throughout the time, but yeah, it was initially supposed to come out in July. She delayed it till August. So yeah, so it's a long time coming. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I would say the album is uh, how do I say this. It's not as what I expected. I would say it's a little mm-hmm. bit different. I will I will commend her. The production of this album is not a lot like what I've heard as of late in the music scene. Um, I feel like people have been going for that really moody, um, slow beat vibes as of late. And yeah. she didn't go for that exactly in this album. She has a couple of tracks that are like that. Um, but she hooked up Pharrell and his footprint is all over this. Mm-hmm. Like, you can totally tell. Yeah, and I actually read a review. I forgot what where the review came from, but it said, it's almost as if this is a Pharrell album. You read with, that somewhere? I, I can see that. With Ariana as, like, a featured artist. So, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because 
Yeah, his production does stand out a lot. He is the producer on more than half of the tracks on the album. And Max Martin, who produced pretty much all of Dangerous Woman, he's only present on two Two, tracks. Three tracks, yeah. Yeah, so he does not have as big of a presence on this album as he did with Dangerous Woman. I love Max Martin, and I think Max Martin should have had more presence on this album. He should be present on every pop artist album. He <laughs> just creates hits and bops and everything. Yes, he um, does. So, yeah, I mean, I would say overall the texture of the album is um, not what I expected, mm-hmm. um, which is not necessarily a bad thing, Yeah. but I also don't think it's a good thing either. Yeah. I will agree with you. It's It did not meet my expectations because... In my mind, I was comparing it to her previous yeah. albums. Um, Which is never fair to do. True, yeah. Every artist has the right to recreate themselves and put out a different sound. So she definitely did that with this album. It's It's got more of a R&B type of vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, very R&B. It's very low-key. And I was expecting a lot of those dance-worthy bops yeah. um, that Dangerous Woman posted so I I saw saw something interesting someone on Twitter was like I really think Ariana's best uh, song this era was Dance to This with Troy Sivan (laughs) not even her song (laughs) yeah yeah from all the singles that came out I mean I did love um, No Tears Left to Cry as I had that as one of my top five songs of the year so far if you listen to the last episode um but the, the singles after that, um, The Light is Coming and God is a Woman, they, they weren't my favorite tracks. Yeah. Um, so I, I will say that Dance to This was a stronger track mm-hmm. of that foursome. Overall, though, the album has grown on me. So after, after a few listens, there, there have been tracks that I was like kind of... I had kind of lukewarm feelings toward mm-hmm. that have grown on me, um, and I don't know. I listened to the album about like literally rep- in repetition for like probably like seven to ten times. I wanted to love the album. To force yourself. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, okay, I, I, I gotta find something in here. And there are a few gems. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that. Um, there's no standout tracks on this album that are going to be for the masses. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's not a um, there's not an everyday like from the last record. There's no um, into you. There's no side to side. Mm-hmm. Like they're all just kind of like there, and nothing is standing out as like oh my god, this is going to take Ariana's career to the next level. To me, yeah. it's a little bit of a step down. Yeah, everything's kind of blandish. Um, I hate to use that word kind of because it kind of carries a negative connotation mm-hmm. but like you said there's nothing really that strikes your ear as soon as you listen to it nothing special about it yeah so I, I totally agree with you on, on that front um, I will say that her vocals are as impeccable as ever on this and I think maybe yeah, vocals that, are amazing. I think maybe that's what she and Pharrell were going for on this was just having her showcase I can see that her vocal abilities rather than try to capture an audience with a huge a huge bombastic type of song. You know, that's so funny because yeah, her vocals outshine on this album more than anything, which, mm-hmm. again, is good. But here's the thing. 
people know she has vocals. Oh yeah, like yeah. Kesha's last album, Rainbow. That album, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't like really like it a lot. See, I liked, I liked half of it. <laughs> See, okay, there was a couple of good tracks in there, but that album was strategically done to showcase her vocals because mm-hmm. she hates being told I can't sing. I can't sing. I'm given auto-tune all the time. But Ariana, people know she can sing. Sometimes she's a little incoherent with her vocals. Like, you can't really know what she's saying. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I think the album definitely was lacking a bit in substance as far as, like, a standout track. Um, What were your favorites, though? Because we do have a few. Yes. um, So let me first talk about my... One track that I, I have a feeling a lot of people will disagree with me on this one, but I really like Sweetener um, because that song kind of has that catchiness with that that chorus of and hit it, hit it, and lick it, and lick it. So the, the, yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's catchy. Yes, yeah. So that one that one caught my ear right away, and even though lyrically it might not be the most clever or the most <laughs> creative. Um, it's a little raunchy almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Comparing like some t- some type of sweets treats to like <laughs> something, some sexual adventures. So yeah, it was it was an interesting kind of metaphor. But I I, I really liked just the catchiness of it. She's known for her bounciness. This mm-hmm. one, this song um, was true to that bounciness. I felt and yeah, I, I would listen to it on repeat. If I if I was in the mood, another track that stood out to me was "Better Off." Um, okay. "Better Off" is just so mellow. It's one of like the better you know R and B tracks I would say. Um, her vocals are just hypnotic in that one, and the message is good. You know, it's like she's I think I'm assuming she's talking about her breakup um, with uh, what's his name Mac Miller. Yeah, Mac Miller, and saying I'm better off without him. Mm-hmm. She's like maybe I'm better off being a wild one. You know. And because there are rumors that she cheated on him, Ooh, I yeah, I hear that. There's definitely rumors about that. Um, but yeah, I think that's one that particularly stuck out to me. And I do love Hit Boy, who has produced quite a few tracks for other pop stars. Um, I'd really like to see him more on the album, but mm-hmm. it was a good one. Yeah. What else stuck out to you? So breathing was also why was it? It was like you see, it was like number. I saw that two on iTunes for like ever. It was it was number one at one point as well, and so that really kind of piqued my curiosity. I'm like, huh, is this is this as good as people think yeah. it is? And so I, I gave it some more listens. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. Why is it good though? Well, I think I think when it first starts off, it's kind of slow paced, and then. When it builds to the second chorus and the second repeat of the, or to the second verse and the second repeat of the chorus, um, you start getting those those beats in there, and um, I think that that syncopated rhythm just kind of makes you want to dance a little bit. So really, I think that one is one that is the most similar to her mm-hmm. past work of of like the ones you mentioned from Dangerous Woman. So. I think that one relates to the public just because of its its dance worthiness and really see I don't get any of that from that like I get the only thing I, I like about it is the message which I is anxiety say. you know people struggle with anxiety I know a lot of people that suffer, suffer from that I think mm-hmm. everyone has some degree of anxiety sure. um, in this day and age but um, I like the message behind it I just don't think the song sonically to me was pleasing enough 
Yeah, I, I liked it sonically, and I was also going to say, with regards to that message, that it's rare that an artist or a pop star will release a song that relates to mental health or yeah, just taking time to like to breathe, breathe, and like be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, and just be present in the moment. So select few talk about it. Yeah, so I thought I thought it was a nice addition. And your additional uh, standout song? Well, I'm going to go into my... F- well, should we talk about my favorite one, or do you want to talk about your other fave? You could talk about yours. Okay. Well, my absolute, hands-down favorite was Good Night and Go, mm. um, which is kind of like a weird um, cover of a song by Emojin, Emojin Heap. I don't know how to pronounce her name. Yeah. Um, I like her song just for now. It's really good. Um, she's very folky, like... Ear- almost like ethereal with her music it's very um i would say almost even new wave like Mm -hmm. um but it's almost like a cover of that song but there is new tracks in there and new r&b like beats on there um it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. and i love that the structure is so totally different because when you think about it there's really only one verse in the song which is the beginning and then it kind of it goes in the chorus but then it goes into the bridge right away like yeah. the skip a verse which is not really standard yeah um and the lyrics are so on point like i just loved mm-hmm. it and i'm like about it's basically about someone that is that ariana really wants or likes but you know because of life that's not happening and gotta and, say good night yeah just say good night and go you know i'm used <laughs> to it type of thing um yeah. i think the music the track is just beautiful and her vocals are ugh, amazing yeah, I, I also really like that one. Um, that was probably one of my top three songs. Um, and, yeah, I you said it best. I mean, it's got a great, great melody. It's got powerful vocals and um, a really important message as well. So, so before we play a clip of Good Night and Go, um, I want to talk about R.E.M. because everyone was like that's the best track on the album like her fans were saying that mm-hmm. when they had the sessions it's okay but it's not I mean it's almost like there's it's just the same thing like, it's not even like really a verse and chorus they all blend them together yeah that one that one I also it wasn't my favorite but I, I appreciated it um, it's it sound matched the the lyrical content mm-hmm. and that it was very dreamlike and yeah. very peaceful so um, I liked that connection there, but it was it was an okay song. It's not high. my favorite. Yeah. So, Drew, what would you give a rating for Sweetener out of five? So, I would give it three out of five. Um, okay. I think it's I think it's a decent album, but nothing groundbreaking. So, three out of five. I agree, actually. Three. A three. A three is a three is generous. I would say, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, it's an okay album. It's not nothing amazing. Um, a three in our book is almost a flop, though. Yeah, it's. I'd say three is borderline flop, almost a bop. So I think it's somewhere in between. Sorry, Ariana. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and play you Good Night and Go um, to give you kind of a taste of one of the few tracks that Drew and I mutually agreed upon on this record. <laughs> Here you go, Good Night and Go by Ariana Grande.
Told you something safe Something I've never said before And I, I, I can't keep my hands off you So that was Animal by Troy Sivan um, leading into our next review section, which is Troy Sivan's new album, Bloom, Mm -hmm. which is his sophomore album. And I feel like since his last album, Blue Neighborhood, he's gotten a lot more mainstream. Um, And as you have listened so far, Drew and I are totally here for Troy Sivan. Yeah, you're probably sick of hearing about Troy Sivan because... I think three out of the four episodes we've recorded so far (laughs) have included a Troy Sivan mention or a Troy Sivan song. Well, the good thing is that he's not releasing any more music probably (laughs) until... Actually, he's releasing music with the album, uh, the movie he's in it coming up. What movie? I'll show you later. You're going to love it. It's uh, it's about a gay teen who was going conversion therapy. Oh, It's going to be like another mainstream flick, like Love, Simon, or Call Me Your Name. Anyways, tangent. (laughs) Let's talk about Troy Sivan Bloom. Let's do it. Um, So it's a really short album. It's only 10 tracks, um, which is... Almost like an EP. Yeah, yeah, which is unheard of because nowadays in pop world, everyone's trying to put out as many possible tracks as possible. Um, Usually it's like between 13 and 15, sometimes a little more. So it's, it's rare that a singer puts out such a short album. But well, he released half of it already. That's yeah. Before we got it yesterday, which Saturday came out on Friday this week, um, which kind of takes away a little bit of the specialness to me. Yeah, yeah, because we've that that anticipation of like wanting to listen to the album and like exploring and discovering new yeah. the excitement for like oh my god, what hidden tracks are what deep cuts are on there? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's interesting in the fact that it, it is so short and that he's pretty much put out half of the album already. With that said, um, I think it's a really, really strong album. And I think it's, in my opinion, like the best album of the year so far. Yeah, a a lot of reviewers have been saying that. I've been seeing a lot of glowing reviews saying this is like the best pop album of the year so far. Um, It's very cohesive. Mm -hmm. It, you know, it doesn't like stray different genres. Like he kind of latches on a little bit to that mainstream, what I talked about earlier, that darkness beats, you know, the Mm -hmm. slow beats and beautiful lyrics, like dark. This is very much a nighttime album, I would say. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, And the, the sound of it, the sound of it is, it's kind of exploring like the past a little bit as far as like, we, we already talked about for Bloom how he went back to the eighties yeah. for that that type of Sonic, and a couple of the other tracks on this album have that same kind of um, tone to them. But at the same time, he's he's staying contemporary. He's kind of um, not necessarily following the rest of the rest of the pop mm. pop world, but he's he's he knows what's contemporary and he he knows what his listeners like so he's he's not straying away from that either he has a nice mixture of both yeah he he does a really good job of almost sounding like an independent artist that is mainstream Mm -hmm. um i think that 
he he kind of is an independent artist, you know, but not independent, but he, he still has, like, a strong backing, but he has that vibe of very folky-type lyrics, mm-hmm. um, different things. The album really explores his sexuality yeah. um, as a young gay man. How old is he? I don't even know how old he is. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking about that earlier. I'm like, how the hell old is this guy? Um, but yeah. it's about kind of growing up and, and love and... He's 23. 23 years old, yeah. so... Um, I think a lot of gay people can relate to this album to some degree mm-hmm. um, with his tracks that have already been released. Um, what were some of your standouts, Drew? So one of my standouts was 17. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. I thought that was a really a really good song to kick off the album. Um, do you know what it's about? I do, actually. What is it? It's about, <laughs> <laughs> it's about his first sexual experience and about how he was underage, technically. and um, uh, With an older man. With an older of, man off of uh, Grindr. And he, a very bad, bad ass. <laughs> and he, he's basically singing about how I'm, I'm not quite of age yet or I'm not old enough for this, but for me, it felt real and yeah. it felt he was looking for like something love, special. Substance. Which is interesting that he's going back to 17, because he wasn't 17 that long ago. Um, yeah, but it does true. set the tone of his like almost sexual awakening of the album. Yeah, and, and that's kind of, the, kind of the highlight of this album, is the sexuality component. Because Blue Neighborhood, it, it touched on those gay themes, those, those um, themes of like gender and mm-hmm. sexuality. But... Um, that was more him coming to terms with his sexuality, mm-hmm. and this one is more him kind of embracing his sexuality, talking about his sexual experiences. Before I talk about my favorite track, mm-hmm. one of my standouts was Lucky Strike. Mm-hmm. The song is just so beautifully written. Um, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just calming. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, though, it does have like a kind of a, Toward the bridge part, it has like a really kind of. It's it's not like his usual bridges where he does the spoken word. It's kind of like a, an, a higher tone to it. I, I don't know how to describe that. It's, yeah, and it, it's pretty much about love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, he does say a line that's and my boy like a queen unlike one you've ever seen. Um, Ooh, what a good calling, lyric! Yeah, <laughs> calling his boyfriend a queen and all the great things that he feels lucky with finding him. So it's just a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's, I mean, they're, they're all really good. So yeah. it's, it's hard to like pinpoint, to pinpoint a favorite, almost one I, great one. Yeah. Um, did you have any other, uh, highlights? highlights? Um, no, I think that we've covered almost every single track. Mm-hmm. I found this album that my, 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 the good side bloom, our stance to this, our standouts. Um, but I think, there is a new gem in this <laughs> bunch, aside from Lucky Strike, which is called Plum. Yeah, <laughs> Plum. Plum was one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, um, it's it's really a cool kind of simile, metaphor, whatever you want to call it, um, to romance and how not every romance is sweet forever. How yeah. all good things must come to an end. So um, it's it's like. Almost like an upbeat breakup song, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, it's you know, I, I one of the the lyrics in the bridge that stuck out to me was the comparison with seasons, and I've been seeing this. Oh a lot. yeah, yeah. Um, seasons was like a really big theme in Lord's album, if you remember. Um, melodrama. Melodrama, mm-hmm. and she's talking about 
in the summer and then in the spring and in the winter. Like, and he kind of brings that here too. And the bridge, he says, I was summer, you were spring. You can't change what the seasons bring. Mm-hmm. And I like love that. I'm like, oh my God, because it's true, you know. Yeah, you really can't change another person. You cannot. And if they can't go together, then yeah. sometimes it has to come to an end. And we've all been through that. I've definitely been through that. Yeah. And, and accepting that people, it's almost like people come in your life for a reason and, mm-hmm. and they're like seasons, you know, come and go and, you know, they all have their purpose. Right. Um, but I think this, he just beautifully captures those emotions and this track to an upbeat tone. Yeah. It was one of the, one of the dancey songs on this track. And yeah. Um, another another thing I really liked about it was that he meshed the dancey with the with the low key and the chillness. Yeah. Um, because I don't know. I feel like all albums recently have either been like all dancey and like it's excessive, it's yeah. too much, or all chill and it's like completely boring. Yeah. So he does a nice job of, of balancing inter- it, balancing it, and intermingling those types of sounds. Actually, almost every other track in this record looking at it is more poppy, dancey mm-hmm. to slow, to more poppy, dancey, slow. And like, it's a good mix. Like, you're right. Yeah. I mean, he does a good job. He do, he does great at both. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows how to great really big dance records and knows how to really make you ball your eyes out because his <laughs> lyrics are so beautiful. And we talked about his voice before. His voice is okay. Mm-hmm. It's not the best, but he knows how to use it in the right energies by yeah. doing these subdued tracks. Yeah, for sure. And... I mean, everything you can tell is coming from his heart and yeah. from his personal experiences, which is great. I mean, he's he's written on each of the songs. Yeah. He hasn't. I mean, he obviously has co-writers with the songs, but he doesn't have the songs given to him. These are all his life experiences, which which is great to see from from an up and coming pop star. Well, the album made me want more. Like, didn't, didn't you? Like, because 10 tracks is not sufficient. Well, you can get your target yeah. edition. So we're, tracks. before we started, I'm like, I, well, yesterday I really was trying to get to target so I can be prepared for this episode. <laughs> but he has a target deluxe edition that has two additional tracks that are not available anywhere else. And, and Mike's pissed off about I'm it. I'm pissed because I already have actually his album coming in the mail. Yes. So I gotta go about and buy the whole other album for Troy. But it's worth it because, in my opinion, I always say the deluxe tracks are almost always the best tracks. Yeah, for some reason they keep them away from people who just want to stream the albums. Taking so. it from us, which is good because it's making me go to Target to go buy a fucking That's album. That's true. It's, in this day and age. It's very smart <laughs> of him. Um, so what would you, before we play <laughs> Plum. Plum, my favorite. Plum, plum. <laughs> before we play that, what would you rate it, Drew? I'm giving it a five out of five. Whoa! Yes, okay. I know, and I rarely do this. I rarely give. Uh huh. <laughs> I rarely give the full five out of five to an album. I'm usually critical of something of it, but there's like nothing wrong with this at all. It's like pop perfection, in my opinion. I would give it a four point five. Okay. Um, not exactly a five out of five. Um, very few albums can get that in my book. Blackout by Britney Spears is one of them. Um, but four and a half because... Because you fact, wanted more. I want more. Like, give me more. Like, don't take years to make an album and then give me ten tracks. I'm like, what can I do with this, you know? Okay. So, he's making me spend money. 
And, you know, and I was kidding. <laughs> and but, that docks him half a point. Yeah. So. Well, we are going to go see him in tour in October. Yes, we are. With Kim Petras. Yeah. The two people we've talked about the most on this podcast. <laughs> us in one room. So we'll have to give you a concert review when we when we go to that. Yeah. We should try to amp up this podcast and be like, we're actually reviewers, so we need to interview them <laughs> for this podcast. That'd so. be awesome. Come on. Support these gay boys, <laughs> Kim and Troy. <laughs> Anyways, um, why don't we go ahead and introduce us? Yeah, take a listen to Plum. Plum. By Troy Sivan. The ripest peach or pear, but changes in the air. Maybe our time has come. Maybe we're all the wrong. Even the sweetest plum has only got so long. Maybe we're barely holding on to one. Even the sweetest plum. Janet Jackson, and that song was called Made For Now, um, which she sang a lot in that song. Yeah, she sings it a lot. Uh, Janet Jackson has been kind of out of the pop music scene for a bit. Um, her well, last, She had a baby. She had a baby. Why. She had a bitter divorce because her husband was abusive, abusive apparently, like verbally. Um, so she's back, though, releasing music. Which is good because I don't know how she can expect to go on tour without any new material. She's been playing. Um, but I gotta say, like, remember Janet did, what, the Billboard Awards this past year? Oh, did she? You don't remember? You did not watch it? No, oh, my God. I must have missed that. Yeah. She isn't fucking, like, even though she's not in the tip-top shape, she can still dance. Like, she can dance like none other. And, and you know, I think she still has it as an older woman. Like Madonna, you know, mm-hmm. she still got it. Um, yeah, if you could still dance at the, that age, then you can always sell out concerts. Oh, yeah. She, she'll have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, but this track is uh, produced by the same people that, um, the same duo, I would say, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, that are responsible for her other biggest hits, um, mm-hmm. like Together Again, All For You. Um, so they've done a lot of great stuff with Janet before. So I'm kind of surprised because I don't really think they were on her last record. Maybe I'm lying with that. Um, but she's bringing back the same duo that produces all of her hits. And honestly, I think the song is such an upbeat tune. Um, Drew didn't hear it till today. So I'm curious to hear what were your first impressions as today as you heard it. So I wrote down some notes. Oh. Um, <laughs> so I thought it had some nice beats to it. Um, kind tropical. of had a tropical edge to it. Um, although I did think it was somewhat repetitive. It's a little long it's borderline long of a song with nothing she i mean like i said at the beginning of this this segment she says made for now several times so i I think that is a little bit repetitive and it kind of gets a little bit annoying Mm -hmm. um i do like the message though um made for now kind of gives off that that idea that 
you're supposed to kind of live your best self in, in this moment. Um, so I kind of, I kind of liked that message, but I, I feel like I've heard this type of song before. Like, I think it's unoriginal. Really? It, it, oh, yeah. it feels like it's been done. It's, it's been created already. So, um, yeah, I don't, I you're don't know. Obsessed. I'm not obsessed. So, I like the beats. I, I could, I nodded my head to it. I was moving my body to it, but I don't know if it's, if it's very original. I think it's, it's definitely not an original track, but it does a good job of being a good track that has a formula, you know, well, like yeah. it's formulaic, but she needs a formulaic song because she hasn't really had like a huge hit on the radio in forever. And I, to be honest, because I think I've talked about this before, the radio is ageist. They don't really play women over a certain oh, age. Oh yeah, that's a fact um, for sure. Very, very much a fact, you know. So, but I think it's good for what it is. You know, it's a good tropical song. I read somewhere someone was like, "Oh, this is a great late summer song edition," mm-hmm. which because it came out in August, late August. Um, but it, it is what it is, you know. It's a good track. Um, her vocals are kind of weird, though, on it. Like, doesn't it sound like it's, like, almost tweaked or high-pitched overly to me? Uh, to me, it sounds like that. I mean, I'm used to hearing, like, the Janet Jackson, like, almost, like, kind of very quiet type of singing, like, low low register. And yeah. this definitely di- did sound somewhat different. So perhaps they did adjust her vocals in production, yeah. but um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I think it's a good track. Um, I would say that it's a good sign of things to come for her. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good kind of buzz single. I don't think it's a her single single, but like, I think she has a lot of good stuff coming for her. Um, I, I've liked Janet a lot over, you know. Yeah, I haven't been the biggest fan of her. So really, I'm I'm probably not the best person to ask about like her her music career catalog or yeah. anything like that, but. Um, like I said, it, it's it's a nice beat-worthy or beat-infused track, um, but... Well, my <laughs> my cycle riders loved it on oh, one of our rides. So um, it's got to be a bop. Then, yes, right? it's a total bop. I think it's a bop. It's a bop. It's like, it's a, is it a substantial bop? No, but it's a bop. I oh, mean... So we have different layers yeah, I mean, of it, boppage now. Yeah, there's no substance <laughs> to the song. I mean, I, it's, it's a good message, but like, you know, so does... 8,000 other songs. Um, I think it's a bop. I'm going to call it a flop. Whoa. <laughs> even though I... Who's ageist, everyone? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> if I... Even though I can dance to it, it's too basic and been there, done that already, so... Oh, jeez. Sorry, Janet. You're well, going to have to come up with something better for me. You've gotten a bop and a flop, Janet. That's <laughs> all that matters. You're still making music. Thank and you. And if you average them together, it's a flop. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> No boys, no boys. It's a girls' night out. When we're out at the weekend, RIP to the club. Cause we walk in and kill it. DJ, hey, turn it up. Sing along like we wrote it. Screaming out all the words. We're gonna live it on tonight. So if you're out with your girls, and if you feel on top of the world, that was Charlie XCX and. Um, her kind of new track, kind of old, I'll get back in a little bit, but it's called Girls Night Out. If you couldn't tell, it's the perfect 
song to have a girls' night out, whether with your girls, your gays, no matter what, whoever going out with. <laughs> Drew, what are your thoughts? Drew just heard this one too. I, how did you not hear this one? You know what? I've been kind of slacking on the music scene. I usually check uh, New Music Friday websites to see what's coming out. and It wasn't there? No, it's not that it wasn't there. It's that I haven't been checking. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I've been dropping the ball on that. So um, Good thing we were on hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for introducing me to this, because I really like this song. Um, and when I first heard it, I kind of saw it as kind of a soundtrack song to, like, a big summer blockbuster movie. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, just, like, uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of female friends, like, going out on the town and enjoying themselves. It's totally written for that type of scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I also kind of got a hint of... Um, Aqua, you remember Aqua who wrote yeah. Barbie Girl? I kind I of. It's very um. They call that I think, what's well, Euro House almost? You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's also, Charlie XCX has done this PC music, which is like this like new age, very techno like mm-hmm. songs. Um, it's almost like kind of like a DDR song almost. You know. Yeah. Um, very high energy, and it's kind of similar to what she's done off of her other. Um, record, which is um, one one angel, one more angel. Do you remember number one? one angel? Yeah, number one angel. Um, it sounds like it could have fit perfectly on there. Yeah. And um, have you heard her EP Vroom Vroom? Uh huh. Like it sounds just like that. And yeah. Sophie, the producer, is like a, a very much in that scene of the music, and I love her beats. Mm-hmm. She did um, Bitch on Madonna. She helped did that one that goes like burr, burr, that, those <laughs> tracks. Like, um, and apparently she's going to be linking with Lady Gaga for the music. I saw that, yeah. Um, as far as the beats go, I did make a note of that. I thought it was a really great combination. It's got this heavy club beat in the background, but then little light sprinkles of high-pitched instrumentals that yeah. echo bubblegum pop. So I, I thought that was a really great um, mixture there. We didn't play the bridge of the song with the bridge. So you like that, like how the beat just like goes into this like very pulsating techno. I love it. It's such a good song. Yeah, and I thought I think it's interesting how Charlie XCX continues putting out. She's got two mixtapes that she put out yeah. recently, and a bunch of singles, but One-offs. no like album <laughs> album from her recording. Like her record label. So let's talk about Charlie a little bit because we really talked about her a lot. And um, she is a. Sorry, Drew got a phone call and I stuck the middle finger up to it. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Okay. Let me. Mike's a jerk. um, So we. um, Charlie XEX, we haven't talked about a lot. She's. Interesting artist. She remember she was big for a little bit. Um, summer two thousand and what fourteen, with Fancy on Iggy Azalea's Iggy track Azalea. Boom yeah. Clap. What else did she have? Um, Those were her two big ones. Yeah, she she's had a couple songs and then she kind of faded in popularity. The her Sucker album, which is her, like her first mainstream one in the U.S., mm-hmm. didn't really take off as people expected it to, um, but. She's been so great in the underground kind of pop world. Yeah. And, I mean, it seems like she's making the music she wants without the backing of her record label. Yeah. So 
I, I think she's honestly like trying to piss off her record label just by yeah. doing her own thing, releasing which, stuff like that. I mean, all the credit to her for doing that. Well, she said she's had issues with with making a new album, mm-hmm. and I mean, this is she's doing her thing, you know. And I love it. Like, I'm here for it. She is an example of how artists in 2018 need to be nimble mm-hmm. because there's high expectations. It's a lot of money to finance a record, and you can tell she genuinely likes the music she does. Oh yeah, right. For sure. Like, there's she's not. She's having fun with it. She's having fun, and she's not like a very produced pop star that has to do certain things. Like, and I'm glad Taylor Swift brought her under her tour as of late because mm. you know she deserves to have a bigger platform. Yeah, for sure. So, is this a bop or total bop? bop total fucking bop. I called a bop as well. Yeah. I liked it? I liked it upon first listen. It's one of those songs like, that was just an hour ago. So, it's one an instance favorite. So I hope you guys love it, too. We'll link to that and all the other um, songs that we profiled in this episode on our website, boptothismusic.com. But why don't we go ahead and start talking about our honorable mentions, Drew? So uh, we're going to highlight some of the albums and songs that we didn't get a chance to dive deep into. So we're going to just briefly mention them. About a minute per, per track. Yeah. So the first album we're going to briefly discuss is uh, Single, an EP from Loot. And we kind of mentioned Loot in a previous episode. Um, Your Side of the Bed was the song we talked about. Um, their EP is about eight, it's eight tracks long, and I think it's a really cohesive album. And I think it really touches on all the stages of um, a relationship, right? When yeah, you, I think, I mean, there's songs here. Like one, that, one that sticks out to me is called Out of My Head because mm-hmm. it's about, like, you know... That having, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. About that, that internal, some struggles that you have with relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't know Drew listened to this EP. I actually talked to him the other day, and I'm like, did you listen to this EP? Like, it's really good. Drew's like, yeah, I did. So yeah. thanks for not telling me about it. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. But no, I, I like them. They're, they're, I think this is better than Your Side of the Bed, the one we profiled before, mm-hmm. even though it's the first track on this EP. I think it's promising. I think they're, they kind of remind me of Carmen, because isn't, isn't it like a duo almost? Like a it is a duo. Female? Yeah. See, they remind me of like the Chainsmokers, but a co-ed version of the Chainsmokers. Really? And with better lyrics than the Chainsmokers. I don't do the Chainsmokers. I love the Chainsmokers. <laughs> I actually am an unapologetic fan of them. Like, No way. Yeah, I mean, because they're, and not to dive deep now, but like their music is just very, youth, reminds me of youth uh-huh. and like love and very, I don't know. It's just, they're, and they produce bangers. Okay. So anyways, back to Loot. Yeah. I just think this album flows really well. It's got... The denial stage of a relationship when you break up with someone. It's got the grieving part where you're kind of angry and feeling sad. And then it's got the acceptance part where mm-hmm. you're you're satisfied with being done with the relationship and you're ready to move on to it. I think all the songs kind of bring that stage stages of a relationship like together. We'll take a listen to Loot EP. Um, we'll link to it on our blog. Um the next track we're going to talk about is Robin is back. Mm. Robin, if you guys know Robin, she's pretty popular in the UK, not so much in the US. Um, she is back with a track, first one in what, eight years? It's been a while, yeah. She hasn't been around since her 
um, dancing on my own yeah. and call yeah. your girlfriend. Okay, I call my girlfriend. I actually now I'm looking thinking about that. I remember that album very specifically because I first discovered it in my senior year of high school. Like uh-huh. I was, I think, a year and a half late, maybe, and like the fact that it's been that long since it was released. It's crazy. An al- or a song is crazy, yeah. So it's called Missing You, mm-hmm. and it's kind of basically what it sounds like missing you, you know, and lo- missing someone in, in love and relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got very similar sounds and textures from her... Dancing on my own. Her and last what was the other one? stream singles, yeah. um, Call Your Girlfriend. Yeah. It's, it, it's nothing new. Like, it, it sounds... So I think Robin was ahead of her time with her last album, mm-hmm. but it sounds like right now she's just in the moment time with what sonically everything's going on. Everything's like, caught up to her now. Yeah, exactly. So she was always ahead of the curve, but this one is kind of like a step back. I kind of wish she found a way to move forward a little bit mm-hmm. with her sound, but then again, it's hard to be a trailblazer and find a sound out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, it's hard to be that trailblazer every single time and every single song that you put out. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's similar to her previous work. Not that that... Not that that's a problem. I mean, yeah. I do think it's... A, it works before. I do think it's a good song. It's just nothing nothing really exciting. Nothing it's like special. We, we're used to this type of Robin, so we kind of are expecting something new. Yeah, there's nothing new at all with it. So, But you know what? It's a decent track for what it is. Take a listen. We'll also link to it on our blog. Yeah, and the last single that we're going to use as an honorable mention is the 1975 and their song, Two Time, Two Time, Two Time. And the 1975, they came out with um, a really critically um, admired album a couple years ago. Um, it was a really long album title, like "This Is How I Feel When You Sleep" or something. They're so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're back. They're putting out an EP, I believe, and this was one of the one of the singles that they've released so far. And. I don't know about you, but I think they're a band that is really underrated. Um, I feel like they they touch on different pop genres, but yeah, they're um, they're not really well known. Uh, they kind of are, kind of aren't. It's weird. Like they're they're pop punk. They're they're like my what I would say the modern equivalent to like some. 41, was it some 41 of that one? Um, or Blink-182, like one of those pop punk bands, mm-hmm. um, you know, has very punky vibe, but yet pop music to it. Um, this Two Time, Two Time, Two Time, Two Time was not my favorite one. I really like Love, I Give Yourself a Try, which they released about a couple months ago. Okay. Um, 1975, I'm interested to see where their career goes, uh, more, more than anything else. Um, I think that they bring something different to the music scene because their sound is not the sound as now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they're cool. I like one song from them, I would say, like, <laughs> really, in general. But I, I feel know. I feel like they, they want to come off as this punk band, but their sound is definitively pop. Yeah. Like, they're trying to make themselves seem like something that they're not. It's like, they're definitely a pop band. And the song... Two time, two time, two time shows that it's yeah. got a ton of pop elements. Like the Sonics are just, they're just fully pop, and I, I don't know how you can argue against that. So I, I really like the song because of the pop elements, and yeah, I'm here for their future work. I really liked their last album. It was it was different, but 
yeah, it was something that I appreciated. If you want to feel like you're in a mosh pit or <laughs> moody teen, listen to their music. I think you'll like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. So those were our honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Um, Wow, we did an episode. Yeah, <laughs> we <finally>. did it. <laughs> I know, you know, we appreciate anyone that has made it within this 47 minutes so far. Um, of yeah, our it's episode. a little longer than we're typically aiming used for. To. We had a lot to catch up with, though. There yeah, was, that's true. I will say. It's with, like our it's our like uh, mid-season premiere. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I will say, with summer ending, I'm happy because... Fall always brings the best music. Yeah, and absolutely. Selena Gomez rumored to have an album coming out in the fall. Um, Lady Gaga's soundtrack to A Star Is Born is coming out. Yeah, there's some a lot of artists that are currently gearing up for fall releases, and I'm here for it. I am so done with summer. <laughs> summer was kind of disappointing. It was. There right? wasn't a whole lot offered, and the, yeah, it's that's unusual because I feel like the same songs were played over and over, and there was nothing new for like a good month and a half. Yeah. So. I agree. I'm totally going to go to Bath and Body Works today and buy, like, fall scents and everything and, like, get my house ready for fall because the on the onslaught of music of artists trying to get their Grammy <laughs> submissions in before, what, what is the deadline? September 30th. September 30th. It's coming, guys. So yeah. get ready. Yeah. There's probably going to be some surprise releases here and there. Sure. Um, so just be on the lookout for new music. Well, thank you guys so much again for listening. Um, if you want more of us, more information, go to boptothismusic.com or follow us on social media at boptothismusic, every platform we're on. Um, and we're going to do a better job of continuing our episodes moving forward now that our summer hiatus has gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were pretty good at doing like every other week or yeah. every two weeks. So we'll try to stick to that schedule from, from now on. But we're going to sign off for now. And I am Mike. I'm Drew. And you have listened to Bops' music. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye.